Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. Brian, have you ever been asked the question, what's your purpose in life? You know, I have. And I'm still defining my purpose in life. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know, so many so many of us, Brian, we, we want to know our purpose in life. And it's it's probably funny. It's probably right up under our noses, and we just and we're just not recognizing that what we what we were supposed to do and what we were created to be, we're running from it. Most of us are running from it. But tonight, Brian, we have a special guest that's yeah, going to help yeah. us with that. Absolutely. You know, I dare to say that there are many people out there that are still struggling with knowing what their purpose in life is. Mm. And what I like to say is that you will find your purpose in life when whatever you enjoy doing the most, you actually can prosper from it. That becomes mm. your purpose in life. Yes. But I tell you what, Brian, it's it's an amazing thing because so many people, once you reach a certain uh, age, I believe uh, I was talking. The reason I say that I was having a conversation with a young lady just yesterday, and she's always dressed up. I mean, she's dressed to kill all the time. But lately, she's she's been uh, she's not been herself, so she's been dressing down a little bit. And I asked her what was going on, and she said, "You know, I dress based on how I feel." I didn't really want to tell her, well, it's showing. I didn't want to tell her that. Uh, But she brought it up. She said, I just haven't been myself, and just a lot of things were going crazy and this and that, and I'm just not happy. I want to do this. uh, But really, she's at a point in her life where she wants to know her purpose. That was the bottom line of our conversation, and she started talking about that. And I told her, I said, please listen to the show tonight. We have someone that's going to help you with that. She's going to give some pointers, and she's going to talk about some things that's going to help a lot of us. And, Brian, I have my notebook and pen ready. I know you do. <laughs> I'm looking at mine right now, and I'm ready to write. Yes. And I'm going to go ahead and introduce our uh, special guest tonight. Tonight's special guest is Dr. Michelle Vandepas. And Michelle Vandepas is living in her divine purpose by sharing tools to inspire others to live with passion and purpose. Michelle is a doctor of divinity and a Rikai master. She is also an entrepreneur and co-founder of Divine Purpose Unleashed, LLC, and founder of Conscious Destiny, LLC, companies that enhance creativity, consciousness, integrity, purpose, and passion. And tonight I'd like to introduce to you all Dr. Michelle Van de Paz. Are you there? I'm here. Wow, what an introduction. Thank you, and it's a pleasure to be here. Well, thank you for joining us tonight. You know, I'm going to start with the first question. Tonight's topic, our segment topic, is why play games? And my first question is, why do you think people beat around the bush so much with their life? Why do you think they play around not trying to find out what their purpose in life is all about? Oh, what a great question. You know, I think most people really do want to find out what their purpose is, but they're so terrified that in the process of finding their purpose, they're going to have to divorce their spouse, sell all their possessions, and move to India, that they sort of (laughs) stop short, right? And, of course, that's not it at all. Usually our purpose comes in really tiny, small steps. You know, occasionally we'll meet somebody who said, I woke up in the middle of the night and got a really clear vision, like a bolt of lightning through my head, and was told exactly what I needed to do starting the next moment. But for the rest of us, it really doesn't happen that way. And it does come in really small increments. But I think a lot of people are just scared that it's going to be so life-changing because people feel they're off track. And what what I notice is that most people aren't that far off track. It's just a little course adjustment, 
adding some new things to their life, being in service a little bit more, and there's just a few tools that people can engage in to really make that correction and, and be more in touch with their own purpose. Yes, that's a that's a powerful answer, too. You know, <laughs> I, I don't know if you heard, I was talking about a young lady um, that I had a conversation with on yesterday, and her whole thing was she didn't know her purpose in life, and she was just depressed and feeling down. And she said it comes and goes. Sometimes she's okay for a couple of months, but when it comes, it's it's a hard thing for her to deal with. And I've noticed that that happens a lot with people um, that I know that I talk to, and, and they tell me the same things because I ask those types of questions because I really want to know why a person is down and why they're feeling the way that they're feeling. And it's 99% of the time is they don't know their purpose. They want to know their purpose. Yeah, we all want to really have a reason for living and be in service, be of service to the world and and feel like we're contributing in some way. And what I would suggest for that woman and anybody else listening is very often when we're depressed, one of the tools that we can use is to get in touch with our creativity at a much deeper level to help us sort of dig our way out of that. And it seems like a funny answer because from the outside it doesn't seem like creativity has anything to do with serving the world or living in the world in a big way and living our purpose. But in fact, when we can just be out of our brains for a little while, creativity is a way to connect with our hearts. And so that could come in the form of dance or movement of some kind. It could come in the form of painting or just drawing with crayons or doing poetry or writing or anything that feels creative to you where you're getting out of your head. When you start getting back in touch with your heart in that way, all kinds of other signals can come through as well that can lead you, again, step by step, little tiny increments out of that depressed place. So Mm. that's, that's one tool that I would recommend that people use to start getting in touch with what their purpose is. You've got to get in touch with your heart. And an easy step for most people is just to pull out a box of crayons and have some fun for 20 minutes. You make it sound so simple, you know. (laughs) And and to be honest, at times it can be just that simple. You know, I've talked to people who, like for me myself, when when I'm stressed out from, you know, working hard or doing something, I like to play video games. You know, at times I'll get down and I buy my kids just tons and tons of Lego blocks, and I'll get down there and and even if they're not in there with me, I'll get in there and I'll just build something because it takes my mind off of just about everything else. You know, and And, and it gives me an opportunity to just clear my head. Absolutely, and that's one of the the really key elements. You know, I think for us to live our purpose, we've really got to look at the whole person, and that's mind, body, spirit from a holistic perspective. And so many of us really engage in our mind, especially in the U.S. American culture. We're go, 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 busy. We're worried right now about the economy and gas prices. We have children and a lot of us elderly parents at that same time to care give after we're running you know around trying to keep hold of everything and our minds race so much 100 percent of the time that we're not really taking care of spirit and body or maybe we're taking care of body by rushing to the gym and thinking about how much we exercise and so we're doing it from a thinking perspective again but usually when we're looking at mind body spirit one of those legs is suffering. It most of us aren't in balance with all three legs. And so one way to get in touch with your spirit is just to bring each of those three legs, mind, body, spirit back into balance. And again, as we do that, we're connecting more fully with our heart and that leads us to purpose. Mm. I'll tell you what, I'm 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 sitting here writing notes. <laughs> and I'm also getting MySpace questions, and and one of the questions um, I'm I'm just being asked is, what if you're not a spiritual person? 
Oh, that's a great question because this really, and we have, you know, my company is Divine Purpose because I believe we are all divinely inspired and we all have uh, divinity with, within us. But that doesn't mean that other people have to believe exactly like I do. And if you notice all these things, this whole conversation we've had so far this evening, we haven't even talked about God or divinity. I've talked about spirit a little bit, but I'm talking about the fire that's in each one of us. Yes. So these are tools that we're using outside of religion, outside of spirituality, even outside of meditation and those kinds of things which often get confused. Wow. But you know, um, you know, for the, for the person out there that, and Brian and I, we, we come across a lot of kids that uh, has never been to church and never touched a Bible, don't know what's inside of a Bible. How, how would you reach someone that says, um, I don't know anything about God. I don't know anything about God. I've never uh, gone to church, and I, I, I just don't know anything. What can you, how can I find my purpose if I don't know my Creator? Uh, those are maybe almost two separate questions and yet so intricately intertwined. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, I tend to work that it's almost like two sides of the same coin, don't you think? Yeah. Because they are so intertwined, but not for a lot of people. The peop- many folks just don't see that relationship. And so I would start with, Getting in in connection with your own heart, for me, that leads me to God. And I do pray and I I do meditate, but that is a journey that I've been on. I can't say that I came to that place where I have my own comfort level with God didn't happen overnight. And so I would ask people, what are you searching for? If you're searching for your purpose, Start going with where your heart's leading you. And again, that's small steps. That doesn't mean you have to take off and live in Paris for five years. What is the one small step that you could that you could take? And in the process of opening your heart, I believe you do become open to God's presence. And then when you're open to God's presence, you can feel it more fully and start to build on that relationship you can have with God. And for other people, it may happen... The opposite way. They may have a relationship with God and not know their purpose. And so as they go more deeply into their relationship with God and pray and meditate and ask questions, I think the answers can come that way as well. You know, one of the things you talk about with your company, you say that you enhance consciousness. Can you expound a little bit about that? Because a lot of people, when they hear the word consciousness, they think about, okay, I'm unconscious, that means I'm not coherent, and then I'm conscious. You know, but they think about it in terms of being knocked out. Yeah, and I look at consciousness as, are we aware of our place in the world and what we're here to do and how we're here to serve? And are we living our life from a conscious place rather than just going through the motions? It's so easy to fall into a rut, and there's nothing wrong with routine, and we can still have a fabulous, joyous life living in routine, but that's very different than a rut. And so I sometimes think being in a rut is the same thing as living unconsciously. Wow. You know, just the fact that most people live in this unconscious state you know, but they believe that they're that they know what's going on in the world. They believe that they're okay. You know, do you believe that most people that think they that nothing's wrong with them, not necessarily wrong. Let me rephrase that. Do you believe that most people walk around unconscious? Okay. Let me start by saying that we are all children of God. Since you brought that up, I'm going to go there. And so (laughs) we're, I, you know, we're all doing the best we can with the tools that we have. And as Oprah might say, when we know better, we do better. And we can't not live our divine purpose. 
We're all living it anyway. We're all doing the best we can. We're all children of God. So if we're walking around there unconscious, it's only because we're unconscious of these facts. And so when we're out there looking for more, more purpose and passion in our life, it's not that we're not living our divine purpose, because I think we can't help but live it, but how can we become more conscious of living it so that we can live it more, live our purpose more joyfully and more in tune with our heart and more in tune with where we want our life to go. But for whoever's walking around unconscious, I'm not here necessarily to to judge them. I'm just here to offer tools about ways to open up your heart to live your life more joyously. I'm not even sure I answered your question. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you did. You, you answered it. That was, a, that was a great answer. And, and you know, and I, and I think... Uh, what a lot of people are used to, they're, they're, they're used to being beaten over the head with other people's beliefs. Right. And, and, and I'm glad um, the way that you answered that was, I, I, really, liked it. I really liked your answer. Um, you know, for the person that, I just, I just spoke with a young kid, uh, he's probably about 13 years old, and, I, and I, I teach an abstinence training course, Brian and I both we do, and I, I just met this kid for the first time about an hour ago. And I, I looked at his hand, and it looked as if his wrist was almost cut off. Um, his grandmother passed, and he was angry, and he, he punched uh, a glass window, and it cut to the bone. And um, I was asking him, well, what happened? And he said, God took my grandmother. Um. Yeah, I don't I don't know if you heard that or not, but he said he was upset. He was angry because God had taken his grandmother about ten months ago. Right. Yeah. So uh, when that happened, he started getting into trouble, and he was in a detention center, and they just released him just about uh, about a week or two ago. So now he's back out with the public, and uh, he, he's trying to learn. He's trying to learn, but you know it, it's kind of hard to you know deal with someone. On that level, because it, 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 he's acting as if he doesn't have a future. You understand? What, you understand what I mean when I say that? Absolutely. And I have to cough for a minute. Okay. Excuse me. <laughs> yes, but Brian, Brian, you and I, we know when 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 something like that happens. You know how we are supposed to step in, and and what would you have told him, Brian? You know, it's tough. I mean, that's a very tough question because, you know. The first thing that I realize is when somebody is still grieving, even after all that time, you know, it's hard for you to say everything's going to be all right, everything's going to be okay, because you're not in that particular person's mindset. You know, even if you've had someone that you've lost, you can say, I can relate to your situation, but you really can't because you don't know the state that that person was in or is in now. Right. So it's very hard to... You can try to console, but it's very hard to relate to a person like that. So the first thing that I usually do when somebody's down, I try to cheer them up. You know, I may do something like, you know, funny or goofy or something like that. But, you know, I always tell them that, you know, life goes on. And that, you know, even though your family member passed, you didn't pass with them. So, you know... Stop acting as if you're in the grave with them. You're not. You have to live. Mm-hmm. And that's what that family member would want you to do. They would want you to live your life. And I I love that. And if I might interject, I would say that this would be a great place to really tap into some creative force to help heal that intense grief, which may be writing poems about your experience or writing it on paper, um, you know, doing a painting or a drawing of, of his grandmother. Those things can really help heal the heart. And, of course, going into service, finding somebody that you can talk to that's also in that same situation as you are, somebody else that's lost a loved one, that process of Helping somebody else and and being there with an open ear could also help the grieving person heal as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, and I love that answer because I, it made me think about once when uh, there was a young boy. He loved to draw, 
and he would draw pictures, and some of the pictures that he drew were just, they looked like, you know, a master artist had drawn them. You know, he could he could sit there and take a look at you and draw a picture of you that looked like a mirror image. He was just that good at drawing. And he said, I draw to take my mind off of my pain. Mm. Isn't that profound? And, and doesn't that just basically sum up everything that we've been talking about today? Yeah. Not all of it, but a big piece of it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. It, uh, Michelle, I wanted to ask you about, um, do you ever do speaking engagements or seminars? I do both. Thank you for asking. Uh, I work I, I um, work mostly in Colorado. I do some some classes over the phone and so forth. So I work mostly in Colorado uh, doing speaking and workshops. I have people fly in from all over the country to come to the workshops. And you can find out about them on divinepurposeunleashed.com. And I also uh, do occasionally travel throughout the country doing workshops and speaking engagements, but I'm usually always doing something somewhere in Colorado. And then there's lots of information and articles and so forth on our website as well. I have a partner, CK, that I do the workshops with, and she writes a lot of interesting articles as well on our website. Mm-hmm. So yeah, come on I, I over. Can you subscribe to those? You can, you just... yeah. You can stick your email if you if you go on over to divinepurposeunleashed.com, dot com. You can stick your email in and and get subscription. Any new articles or video or audio that we write, will and I'll probably put a link to this up on on our site, and mm-hmm. people uh, that are subscribed will get all the new info as well as where I'm speaking, what radio engagements I'm on, and what's happening with. Uh, the Divine Purpose Queens. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that name, the Divine Purpose, that is such a powerful name. Is that something that you came up with? Because I know you have uh, some other uh, companies and businesses out there. Um, where, did, where did that come from? Did it come from something that you had to go through in your life that you kind of pulled um, from from past experiences? Well, I love to say that I am 100% qualified to be the Divine Purpose Queen because I have been searching for my Divine Purpose for about 30 years. And so in the process of searching, I have found so many tools and techniques and ways to tap in. And I'm still searching for my purpose. Am I on it? Yeah, most of the time. Am I on it 100% of the time? No way. And so I can really relate to other people that that go through that searching. And the name itself really did sort of come to me in a bolt of enlightenment in the middle of the night. My partner and I, CK, and I got that. And we'd been teaching together for a while, and and we just got the, the name, Divine Purpose Unleashed. And we also have a website, Divine Purpose Manifest, which is manifesting how you want your purpose to play out in the world. And the names just came to us. But it was really the result of everything that I've done my whole life in searching for purpose, teaching, working with entrepreneurs, doing consulting, working with marketing people that want to take their passions and turn them into their livelihood, like you mentioned earlier. And so that's how the name came about, and that's how I came to do this work. You know, one of the things I was reading on your site, I mean, you talk about integrity. You know, in this world we live in, there are so many people that have integrity issues. You know, from, you know, the man that you see on the street that tells you don't drink, but he's a wino, mm. <laughs> to, you know, some of the people who are very influential in our country and the world abroad, you know, it's almost like you have to hope and pray that what they they that they mean what they say. You know, why is it, in your opinion, so many people have, you know, just issues with just being who they say they are? You know, I don't think we know how to be who we are. Well, yeah, we all try to do it. But it's pretty easy to be in a group of people and just get swayed because 
the group of people's going to the bar, the group of people's going to do this, or the group of people's talking politics. And you may take the opposite side and get in there and argue just for the sake of arguing, or you may take the same side and agree with everybody for the sake of agreeing. But so many of us don't really know what we believe or where we stand on issues. And we don't know what we want in our own lives. And when we don't know what we want and where we stand, what we want for our family, when we're not willing to stand up for what we want in our own house and our own lives, and I don't mean that in a pushy way, because I've been married a long time, 27 years. Of course there's compromises and give and take, but I know what I want as a starting place. And when you can come from that place, then I think you're more of an authentic self, and that's where integrity starts. It starts from being honest with yourself about what's true and what's not true. And do you, so, do you believe? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, as an example, I may not get what I want with my husband all the time. I'm not saying that. Uh, you know, I, I'm demanding. But when I'm clear about what I want from our relationship or something in the family, then we can sit down and work it out. When I'm not clear, that's when it comes out kind of underhanded, like manipulative, or maybe I'll go sulk in the corner and I don't even know why I'm sulking. I just know I'm unhappy. And that that's the place that integrity bubbles up from, is the place when we're clear with ourselves, when we're honest with ourselves, then we can go out and express in the world what we really think and believe without worry about what other people are going to think of us. You know, it made me think about something. Do you think that most people have integrity issues because they try to be and act, they try to be, you know, like everybody else, they try to follow the status quo? Well, I don't know about everybody, but I do know that some people that I have worked with aren't always in integrity, not because they're trying to go along with everybody, but because they are still afraid of what other people are going to think or that they're afraid they're not good enough. So, for instance, uh, as using myself as an example, I didn't take dance lessons for years because I was scared to death what the dance instructor would think of my lousy dancing. I mean, that's craziness. You go to a dance instructor to learn how to dance. But there's those kinds of secret thoughts that we all have that we're scared about what other people are going to think of us. And so what happens is we don't do things or live our lives in ways that we want to, and we're not honest with ourselves. And when we can kind of get over ourselves, and you know, in my case, it's like, yeah, I'm a lousy dancer, I know I'm a lousy dancer. It doesn't matter. I can laugh. I can just get up there and have a good time and laugh and not worry about it, kind of get over myself. That's when I can go take dance lessons, not worry about what other people think, and just have some fun. Mm. I like that. (laughs) Brian, I have a lot of friends that can't dance, so I wish (laughs) wish they would take on that same philosophy. But, you know, I I, want to kind of switch gears a little bit, and I want to talk about goals and launching your goals and, and how... Uh, important that is for us to have a target. It's something that that we're going after. And it's so important because a lot of times, uh, a lot of us, we don't have goals, but then we don't understand why we're not uh, moving forward. So I'll ask you, how important is it for us to have goals? This is a a really uh, interesting subject, I believe, in today's climate because we are in a, the reality is we're in a strange climate our economic climate it's more difficult to get a job perhaps it's um gas prices are rising we're we're all in all living in this um uncertain time and so years ago it was much easier i think to write down your goal and you just go to work every day or you switch jobs or do whatever you want to try to live your life and move up towards those goals. What I like to work with people now is is to have a vision for your life. What does the what would you like your life to look like? And and to have some goals, but not to be attached to the actual goal. So 
this is an interesting philosophy that I take, and not everybody agrees with me, but it's the way that I like to work. So, for instance, if I know that I want to communicate my work to the public, and if three years ago I had said that I'm going to do that through writing and I'm going to publish a book and I'm going to sit down and write every day and I'm going to do two chapters a day or or two chapters a week and I'm going to edit at the end of a year and I'm going to put out this book and that's my goal and that's how I'm going to get my work out, I would have probably have fought and fought to get that book out. And it may have happened and I may have achieved that goal. But what happened with me was I had a vision for that I wanted to get this work out, that I was clear about what I wanted to communicate, that I knew writing was one of the ways I was going to do that, and that I was open to other opportunities that came into my life. So I hold this vision, which has a lot more details in it for me. It's, page, it's pages of what my vision looks like for my life. But then when speaking opportunities came, I, I said yes. When the opportunity to start a blog came, I said yes, and I started writing on the blog, which was something totally different that I didn't expect. When I started getting opportunities to speak on radio, I said yes. And so you follow the energy as long as it leads towards your vision. So from my perspective, you keep the goals, but you also follow threads of energy that move you forward even if they may not fall exactly within the written goal that you have because God might have a better plan for you. Mm. Wow. You know, you're right. I've never heard of anybody talk about doing like an alternate goal to meet their goal. (laughs) Yeah. And Here's here's how I look at it. I tell this story. I have my daughter. She's four and a half, and she was in the in a creek bed. We live in Colorado, and she was in a creek bed, and just a stream, not you know, not heavy water or anything. And she asked me, "Mommy, can I go down to the end of the creek?" And I said, "Sure." So she she's looking up, and she sees where she wants to go. She sees the end of the creek down there, there's a giant boulder. She wants to go sit on it, and she knows that's her goal. And she's, you know, I don't know, maybe 50 feet away. And so she looks down, and she takes the next step in front of her, and she walks onto a rock. And then she looks up. And then she looks down and takes the next step and slips in the water and cries for about 10 seconds. And then she picks herself up and looks and sees where she wants to go and takes five or six steps and it's pretty quick and she skips and then she forgets about the rocks and just walks in the water for a minute and then sits down and rests and looks up and sees where she's going. And eventually she gets to the big boulder that's where she wanted to go. And that's how I like to look at visions for our life, that we see where we want to go And we just keep doing the one next step in front of us. What's the next step that we can do right now that takes us to our life vision? And we enjoy the process on the way. It's not all about getting to that boulder. She had a great time in the 20 minutes it took her to get there. And I I love that when we have a vision and we're really clear about where we want to go, we can enjoy the journey, we, and we can pick ourselves up when we fall, and we can just take the next step. And parts of it will be fast, and parts of it will be slow, and that's just the way, in my experience, life happens. Mm. And the important piece is to really be clear on where you want to go, because then, I think, things can fall into line to help you get there. You know, um and going into the jails, prisons, and detention centers here in Florida, and I'm pretty sure they're the same everywhere else, that's something that's lacking in pretty much all of the guys or women that are incarcerated. A lot of them didn't have any goals. They didn't have any dreams, and they stopped dreaming because of life issues. You know, what would you tell someone that 
you know, they feel that where they are in their life, this is this is the best it can get. Um, they can't see past right now. They don't see a better future for themselves. And 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 um, well, I guess my my question is, uh, how how devastating is that for someone to live that way? I I think that is partly what can lead to deep depression, despair, violence, and a disrespect for your own life and the lives of people around you because you do get to a place where you don't care. I can't speak to the people in prisons. I have no experience there. Mm-hmm. I can say, though, that one of the tricks, because I, I very often work with people who have no idea what they want to do, and when you say pick up some crayons, they just, they're like, no. But one of the tricks, and this goes back to being in integrity and being honest with yourself, is to really look at what you're jealous of, what you're envious of, what you have big reactions to. Like if you have big reactions to the guy down the street with all the money and the fact that he's got this beautiful swimming pool in his backyard and has three cars, that there's something in there that's a clue for you. And if you're really jealous of somebody or if you're really angry with somebody, look at what is underneath that because very often that's a clue. Our envy can be a key to what our untapped passions might be. So let me give you an example. If you don't have a musical bone in your body, you're not going to be jealous of somebody else who's a wonderful musician. You're just going to enjoy the music. But if you're really jealous, and maybe even to the point of a little bit angry or pissed off that somebody else is really good at music, that could be a key that music is a place for you to go explore. Hmm. And so I've noticed that if I have no reaction to something, it's not important to me. But if it starts pulling up reactions, and usually it's in in the form of jealousy or envy, because that's, as human beings, very often where we go first, that that is a key that that's something that I might want to go explore. And I've used that as a tool for many, many people, and it's amazing what opens up. So to the, the going back to your question, to the kids out on the street who are just in despair and feel like, They've got nowhere to go and nothing to look forward to. I would say, what is the deepest, darkest secret deep inside your soul that you have never told anybody about what you would really want your life to look like? What is buried so deep that you know it's there, but you've probably never spoken it out loud? What is it that when you look out into the world, you go, well, I could do that, but... I'm not going to, and you have some sort of reaction to it. To start looking at those emotions, and that's a key to an area that you could explore for more purpose in your own life. You know, one of the interesting words you mentioned was passion. Mm-hmm. And you must have been reading my mind because that's where I was going next. Yeah. Talk about people that have passion. What and what is your passion? You know, I, I've come to believe, and I'd love to know if you agree with this, but I've really come to believe that passion is a choice. I always used to think that people were born with passion, and, and people probably are, but at some point you just have to sort of decide to wake up and have a happy, joyous, passionate life. And that when you decide that and you approach life from that perspective, it's like it feeds inside your soul and you get more and more of it. So I'm really passionate about small things, spending time with my kid. I'm passionate about my art, which I didn't even know I could do till I was in my 40s. I'm passionate about this work that I'm doing. I'm passionate about connecting with people all over the world on the Internet. That's such a cool thing to do. 
You know, it's nothing out of the ordinary. It's nothing really extreme. I love to dance. Something I didn't even know that I would like to do because I was so scared to go take lessons for so many years. And it doesn't have to be any really big thing. It can be. For some people it can be. But there is a place inside where you have to just decide to be passionate, I think. Yes, because, you know, my passions are working with people. And I love to work with people. And I love to talk. And so, of course, that's why we do our radio show, Greg and I both. (laughs) I think we both love to talk. You know, but my passion has always been in helping people. And I think in your passion is where you find your purpose. You know, and so when, as I was reading a lot about you, when I saw those words, consciousness, integrity, purpose, passion, there's one word that I didn't really have in my genre, but I think I'm going to have to put it in there now. Intuition. You know, can you tell us a little bit about what you talk about, uh, how you enhance an individual's intuition? Absolutely. And I, for me, it came back to the creativity. And there's something, there's something about spirit, creativity, and God that is so interconnected that we really can just have creativity flow right through us and not know where it comes from once we open up that source. And that's where the intuition comes from. Part of it, I think, is you've got to just learn to trust yourself and go back to not caring what other people think. If I had trusted my own intuition that I would like dance lessons and not worried so much about what other people would think, I could have had 15 extra years of dance enjoyment. And that's something that I'm passionate about. So there's a lot of tools, very specific tools that you can use to open up your intuition. You can write down every time you get an intuitive hit and then just see if it comes true. You can think about who's going to, uh, who's calling on the phone when the phone rings before you answer it. But, you know, those things are almost like parlor games. To me, because when it comes right down to it, it's again trusting your own heart, trusting that you have the answers of where to move forward, and it's getting in touch with what your own next step is, and not going into overwhelm with every all our tasks and our to-do lists and our busy schedules. It's kind of clearing all that out of the way and trusting our own heart that we know what our life should look like, that we're given our own blueprint with our own unique talents and skills and gifts. And when we follow that, that's really the basis of intuition. Mm. You you know what? I I want to ask you this because you were talking about trusting. Uh, We need to learn to trust ourselves. Do you think that uh, that's a really, really big problem that we don't trust ourselves enough uh, to make quality and right decisions? I think we don't recognize all the small successes in our lives. Yes, that's yes. You know, we all do a lot of things right. Most of us do most things right. And then we do one thing that seems like it was the wrong decision and we beat ourselves up for it and say, oh, my intuition was wrong and I did the wrong thing and I got led down this hokey-pokey path that wasn't supposed to be right. And usually, in hindsight, when we look back on our lives five years later, it's exactly the path we were supposed to go down. So what happens is we do most things right, and then we don't trust it when something doesn't work out exactly like we thought it should be. So I, I think it goes to that old spiritual teaching of letting go of the expectation about what it's supposed to look like. And trust that when you follow your next step and trust your own heart that it is the direction you're supposed to go. But we don't always know why things 
turn out the way they do. We don't always have the answer, sometimes never, but often we get the answer like a year later about why it looks so different than we thought it was going to look like. Mm-hmm. Brian, I, I want to ask Brian this. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian, you know, with starting a company or starting a business or just starting to go after your dreams and your goals, did you, you know, we've been talking about a lot of things that we want to do, but uh, it is is this trust thing really connected with faith? I want you to know, ask both of you that. You know, I I have an easy answer for that because it's part of the reason why I haven't really uh, really jumped out completely on faith. And what I want to do in life is, and what I believe is my purpose. You know, because Greg and I, we do this show part-time, and we both have, you know, other things that we do. We have regular jobs, but we this is something that we would like to do on a full-time basis. But part of the fact that the reason that I haven't, you know, just gone completely out there and jumped into the, you know, into the foray, so to speak, is because, and Greg, I know you're gonna kill me when you hear me say this word. Fear. <laughs> it's that one. It's and it's not like I'm afraid. It's just that I think we all wired to not like fear. <laughs> you know what I mean? We we have this one little piece that says, "Well, what if? Well, what if? Well, what if?" And it's that one little what if. It's almost like somebody's taking a a pin and sticking it in a balloon. I I would love to say something about that if I can, Gregory. Sure, sure. sure. Um, because I often think that fear is really there to give us information. And so what if, rather than being attached to the fear, you just looked at the fear as a box full of information for you? And the information might be that, and I don't know anything about your specific circumstance, so I'm just going to make it up. But what if the fear was a clue that it's not the right time to just go quit your job and do radio full-time, but that you have ten steps to take first. And one of those steps might be to get some additional sponsors on the radio. Another step might be to increase the radio audience by tenfold. Another step might be to learn how to become a better broadcaster. Another step might be to put $10,000 more savings in the bank. And what if the fear was just information for you about steps that you needed to do to be prepared so that when the time is right, you are prepared to go do radio full-time? Wow. You know I'm writing everything you said down, right? (laughs) (laughs) So that's not to say, of course, we all have fear. And there is a time when we want to just step out of the fear and and go go for our dreams. That time Mm. comes. But that time should not come when the preparation's not in place. And Uh, I don't know what it is for you, but I would invite the listeners to look at when you're when you know that there's fear there to look at is that fear information is the fear a box of clues about things that you need to do to prepare and once all that preparation is done then you can go and say fear's still there but now I'm ready to go forward because now I have all the steps in place I have the foundation to hold me up mm. I'm writing. <laughs> I, I, it's I want just to another. It's, it's just another way to look at it, because so many of us are are told all the time, "Well, just step out of your fear, just go do it." Especially all the positive thinking people and the motivators, of which you know, the three of us are are that. I'm sure, but you know, we're always told to just step out of the fear and go do it anyway. And I'm here to say, take a step back. Because maybe there's a reason that you're supposed to be fearful <laughs> and look at that first and then decide if you're going to go for it. Mm. I, I like that. I want to say I too, like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, Brian, I want to apologize to the to the listeners. I think you were saying we were having problems in as far as people uh, being able to hear the show live. Um, 
Yes. Well, we we do apologize. I don't, we don't we don't know what's going on, but I tell you what, if you're missing this show, we're definitely going to put it back out there for everybody to listen to. And I tell you what, I just hope you have your pen and pad ready, because uh, I'm telling you, there are some awesome awesome points. And and one of the the thing you just said it just blew me away that fear is basically information, and that's so true. Mm. That that is that is so true. And when we can detach from ourselves, it's back to the, like, let's get over ourselves a little bit and detach from ourselves. Then we can look at the fear and look at the excitement and look at all those kinds of things and see what the information is and see what our next step is without all the expectations on ourselves, without our massive to-do lists. We can tap in. We can sink into our heart a little bit and say, you know, I am scared. I'm scared and I'm scared because I don't have any dang money in the bank, and that's a good reason to be scared. Mm-hmm. We want to eat tomorrow. We want to take care of our families. Mm-hmm. We don't want to make really foolish decisions. But then, taking the same example, when we stepped into our heart and we go, I'm scared, but I'm just scared that I don't know what I'm doing. Is there anything else I can do to prepare and then you say, no, I do know what I'm doing and I am prepared. And then you can, when you're not so engaged in in the emotion, then you can look at it um, from a little bit of different perspective and see what's really true about the situation. Mm, that's powerful. Brian, I know you have something on that. <laughs> wow. You know, I'm I'm just, it's funny because I'm, I'm for, the first time I'm like speechless over this over this question because you know I'm getting the information and I'm writing it down and I'm just reading it and saying this is exactly what I needed to hear. You know, Isn't I that mean, cool. Yeah, I mean that's great because you know normally we're on the show and a lot of the stuff that we hear we've heard before, but I can say for the first time in a long time, a lot of the things that you're talking about I have never heard before. And so I'm just, I mean, and Greg Greg is normally the person that writes everything down. I've already filled up a piece of paper, (laughs) you know, because I'll remember most of the stuff, and I'll say, okay, I remember, I heard that before, I heard that before. But I am literally just writing, 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 writing. You know, but I guess my next question would be, you have a person that's in a situation where they want to know their purpose they have a passion to learn you know what they want you know you have a person that's in the situation where they're tired of being in the same old same old you know and they want to be able to define who they are you know what's the first thing you tell that person oh this is great because let me give an example let's say we've got um okay i had somebody that i was working with a few months ago and she's working in an art gallery and she's going to work every day working full-time and what she really wants to be is an artist so this might be a good example she feels like she's going to work every day and she's tired of it she's working for somebody else she really wants to be an artist being an artist is her passion but she doesn't have a way to really make that switch and so there's two things that I would say one is to really get clear on that vision about what you want your life to look like and to write it down to vision board it to do all the tools that everybody's always talked about have all your goals but then look at how you can start bringing some of that life that you want in the future into your life right now it's back to small incremental steps doesn't always work to go quit your job and become an artist full time. It may for some people, but for most of us we need to keep income on coming in. We need to keep feeding our families. And so the practical tools is what is what needs to happen to make that transition if she in, decides that she does in fact want to be an artist full time. Some of what I see is that you think you want to be an artist full-time, but really what you just want to do is do art. And when you realize what 
going what goes into being an artist full time all the things that you have to do to turn that into a business to bring in income when you start really investigating that you might realize i don't really want to be an artist full time i just want to make art and when you start looking at what you want your life to look like and you can bring small pieces of that into your life right now today. So for her, it was just doing things like doing a little bit of art at lunch, carving out one afternoon a week to do some art, start to be more creative on the job, and to lighten up a little bit and know that she is living her purpose when she's doing some art. She doesn't have to do it 24-7. And just the process of that little switch allowed her to start being more joyous in her life, and then she brought that into her work. So all of a sudden, her work wasn't so drudgery-laden. She enjoyed her work more. She's doing her purpose part-time, and then it starts to collide. You know, Then our world starts to integrate. Our home life and our work life and our passion and our family and our friends, all of it starts to come together because then we can start living our purpose in all areas of our life rather than segmenting it and saying, I can't bring my purpose into work. I have to go do something else to live my purpose. And so how can you how can you bring your passions into what you're doing right now so that you can start living a happier, more joy-filled life right now and, like we talked about earlier, keeping your eye on the boulder of where you want to go and what you want your life to look like. Mm. You know, I, I would say that that's it's not always easy to do that, but it's definitely rewarding. You know, we have a few minutes left in the show. I want you to give out your contact information, um, the dates of your next couple of seminars that you're going to be doing, and any materials that you have for, available for purchase. Okay, um, that's great. Thank you so much. You can find me on divinepurposeunleashed.com, and I'm pretty much pretty accessible. So my email's on there. You can Skype me. You can Twitter me. You can chat me. It's all there on divinepurposeunleashed.com. I am not speaking through the summer, but I am going to be teaching throughout uh, in Colorado Springs and also Pueblo starting in September. So if you come sign up for my newsletter, you can find out about where I'm teaching. If uh, you're interested in online coaching support, I'm offering that over at Divine Purpose Unleashed as well. If you just shoot me an email, I'll send you the specific link for that. I've written a book called Marketing for the Holistic Practitioner, and that's on Amazon. I've also produced a documentary called Woman is Butterfly about finding your creative spirit in basically after 50, and that's called Women is Butterfly, and that's on Amazon as well. So how is that? DivinePurposeUnleashed.com. Come visit me. Mm. How's that for the speech? (laughs) Sounds great. Sounds great. We want to thank you again for coming on the show and just blessing us with your knowledge and your insight and your direction because I, I really believe that we all need a little bit of all of that. <laughs> I loved it. This was a blast. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you thank so much. We, you, you truly blessed us, and and we're going to put this show back out there again so everybody can hear it. Great. Thank you. Yes. Um, Greg, I'm going to close the show with a couple of parting words for our listeners. Okay. You know, Tonight's topic was why play games, and it's interesting that we would talk about playing games because so many people are failing at the game of life because they don't know the purpose of the game. They don't know how to play it. They don't know what the rules are, and most of them just make up their own rules, thinking that those rules will help them get further and further in the game. You know, I always say that you have to learn the rules of the game in order to play the game well, or there's no reason to play. Those rules are understanding your purpose, learning your passions, being uh, a person of integrity, having the intuition to develop 
a sound consciousness that will enhance your creativity. With that being said, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. We thank you again for joining us, and we ask that you come back on Monday evening at 9 p.m. Eastern. Join us again. We'll be having another wonderful show. We thank you. Good evening, and God bless.